the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And yes, it is the end of something. It's the end of suffering and sin and shame and disease and violence and war. The end will come. But for believers, the end is the beginning. A rather ominous start to our broadcast today. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. And he's in the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter, talking about what we will experience, what we can expect when Christ returns and our time here on earth comes to an end. If you'd like to listen to this entire series, and it is fascinating, please go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us to download all of the messages. I'm Mike Trout. And here with our broadcast today is Pastor Layton. The Apostle Paul described people of the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be puffed up with pride. They'll love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They don't mind being called a Christian as long as they're still in charge of their life. Stay away from people like that. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says here, the love of many will grow cold. In a place where you're surrounded by chaos and anarchy and hatred, it's hard to choose to be loving. It's hard to be, choose to be loving towards someone who is, is in your face, screaming hateful remarks or somebody that would just as soon steal what you have. It's hard to choose to love. I think the love of many will grow cold because they're going to choose to act defensively, self-protection, and ignore the needs of others. And it's going to take courage and it's going to take conviction for a Christian to endure to the end, choosing to be sacrificial in their expression of love towards others. Verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. It says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's Jesus' faithful followers who will enter into the kingdom. And trials serve to sift true believers from false ones. And and when you get pressured to turn your back on your faith in Christ, don't do it. Remind yourself of the benefits of standing firm. Because one day, one way or another, this world is passing away. But God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom of which we've been invited to be an everlasting citizen of. Invest in what's everlasting. And he says the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. And then Jesus says, then the end will come. Now, that may sound ominous. The end will come. But for believers, the end is the beginning. You see, it's the beginning of a new life in a new world that is filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. 
And yes, it is the end of something. It's the end of suffering and sin and shame and disease and violence and war. The end will come. Christ's return is the blessed hope of his people. Amen. Now, there's a couple of other things I want us to look at when we just got a few moments here. Daniel Revelation speak of additional signs of Jesus' return. Daniel 12.4 says something very, very interesting. He says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So Daniel mentions two clear signs related to the end of this present age. Many shall run to and fro, knowledge shall increase. Many shall run to and fro. What's that about? And what he's talking about, travel. He's talking about people traveling. The travel is going to increase. You see, most people walked, unless you were rich, in which case you could afford a horse or a carriage, but most people walked. But what he's describing is that the pace of travel is going to increase. And they're going to walk to and fro. They're going to be there. Most people in the ancient world never traveled more than 20 miles from where they were born. But we're living in a time when people are traveling all over the world and living all over the world. Now, for centuries before Daniel wrote this and for centuries after Daniel wrote this, nothing changed. It was still walking or riding a horse. What could have possibly made him think that something was going to change? Could it have been God telling him one of the signs of Jesus' return? In 1869, the Transcontinental Railroad was completed and a person could travel from the East Coast to the West Coast in just a few days, what had previously taken months by horseback or walking. In the early 1900s, the airplane was created, but it didn't become common for people to travel until after World War II, and it wasn't until the charter airlines of the 1970s when families started getting on planes to go places all around the world in order to vacation. Since the 1970s, people are running to and fro. This coming year, we're going to have four. We plan to have four missions trips. There are going to be dozens of our church people that are going to be on our plane. Some of those people are going to get on the plane in San Bruno and be in the middle of the jungles of Borneo within 48 hours. We're living in an incredible time that Daniel described Many, many centuries ago, he says, uh, he says, and knowledge will increase. This one here blows my mind when I think about this. Because for most of mankind, for most of history, whatever you learned was from your parents and your neighbors. And, and uh, much of the knowledge of the world was stored only for scholars on scrolls and in books. And it wasn't until the printing press around 1500 that regular people could afford to buy a book. But the Internet's made all of this information available to all of us. And we can, on our smartphone, find a piece of information that, that we're needing. Google has purchased DeepMind. It's artificial intelligence. And they say that it didn't be very long before computers are smarter than we are. And that can be scary. And IBM announced that when the Internet of Things is complete, knowledge will double every 12 hours. That wasn't possible until recently. Then we look at Revelation. It talks about a global government, something that couldn't exist until the communications and control systems that have been developed in recent years. Revelation was describing something that was not even possible 
until recent history. It describes a worldwide economic system, something else that was not possible until recently. A few decades ago when I was younger, we had a chance to visit Thailand to help with the refugee camps because people from, I think it was Cambodia, were escaping because there was an economic problem and they were coming to a place where the economics were not so bad. Everybody's so interconnected today, everybody's affected. The economies of the nations of the world are interconnected. We have a worldwide economic system. In Revelation chapter 13, it talks about the mark of the beast who's going to approve or disapprove people being able to engage in transactions. You can't buy or sell without approval. That wasn't possible until recent years with technology. This generation that's growing up values convenience even so much as they would think nothing of having a chip put in their forehead or in their right hand, right wrist, in order to be able to transact business. All of this available only within the last few years, described in the Bible centuries ago. And then Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11, Romans chapters 9, 10, 11, talk about the present state of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Talks about them hardening. So we find this in Romans eleven twenty five. Paul wrote, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel. A hardening against receiving Jesus Christ as their Meshua, their Messiah, their Savior and Lord. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Some people say, well, what's, what's this all about? Well, um, the nation of Israel, uh, the, the God's chosen people, are the descendants through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you're not through that, that, that lineage, then you're a Gentile. And what this verse is telling us is someday the last Gentile is going to get saved. Someday the power of the gospel to draw all men to salvation will be gone upon Gentiles. The last Gentile, the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And there's a connection, the word until. Partial hardening until fullness of the Gentiles. When I went to Israel in 1996, I visited one of the missionaries there, full-time missionaries that had grown up in our church. And they told me that there was cause for celebration if two or three people of Jewish descent received Jesus as their Meshua, their Messiah, their Savior in any given week. That was cause for celebration, two or three. A little more than 10 years later, I was at a gathering of pastors with Pastor Jack Hayford. He announced that people of Jewish descent are receiving Jesus as their Savior and Lord by the hundreds every week. And that was more than a decade ago. The pardoning is softening. And churches across Europe are empty. And America is experiencing what they call the rise of the nuns. People who have no affiliation, who choose to have no affiliation with any church or religion. Folks, if you have loved ones, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, you need to get passionate about praying for their salvation. Because someday the fullness of the Gentiles is going to close the doors. That's why we have a passion for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every generation of Christians has believed they might be the last. We have more reason than any previous generation to believe we might be the last. We're not setting dates. We're not setting times. But we don't think it's going to be another 2,000 years before Jesus Christ comes back. There's too many signs 
of the season that he told us to watch for that suggests he's coming back very, very soon. We live in the most exciting times in the history of the world. And we, you and I, are not here by accident. God has put you and put me here on this place in the globe at this time for a purpose, his purpose. We're not here by accident. People need to know about God's salvation through Jesus Christ so that they don't get swept away by what's to come. And that's why we as a church, as a church family, are so diligent in sharing the gospel with our community and the world. And when you in the listening audience pray for the outreach of this broadcast ministry and perhaps even join with us financially to help keep us on the air, you are a key ingredient in that whole process of being diligent in the outreach that we have. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow at this same time to wrap up this message. I do hope you can join us. This program is brought to you on a daily basis by the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And you can find more details about the church on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day and come back if you can at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.